Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another season of the Fourth and Inches Show with Jana and the Sherpa. I'm Jana, and as always, I'll be joined by my co-host, the Sherpa, in just a minute. He's having a few technical difficulties, but we'll have him in just a second. Um, but I don't know how many of you have been reading our blurbs online for the uh, the episodes or have been following either of us on Twitter or, of course, the show Twitter account. Uh, but we do have some exciting stuff happening this season. We are growing and adapting with the fantasy sports world and tailoring to meet your needs and what you guys want even more uh, by changing our format just a little bit, doing a little bit of tweaking, and we're going to focus a little bit more this season on the daily fantasy sports websites and uh, try to guide you to best win there as well as in your regular fantasy sports and of obviously, in this case, football lineups. So Sherpa is online with us now. Technical difficulties have been taken care of. Welcome. <laughs> hey, thanks so much, Jenna. Here we are, season six, hard to believe. I know. We're practically past our prime wide receiver. It's awesome. <laughs> or or just in the early stages of our career kicker, take your pick. Oh yes. We are we're almost the Ryan Suckup of the fantasy world. <laughs> or the yeah, uh, so that could One be too or the Josh Lambeau. <laughs> Shouldn't Josh Lambeau hey, be you... kicking for the Packers? You would think that. I mean shouldn't he be playing like just be at least nothing else on the payroll for his name alone. I would think so. We've got to root for bad things to happen to Mason Crosby this season so that uh, he'll get his chance and get traded for a high draft pick. Does that make us bad people? Nah. <laughs> no, it just makes us bad comedians. But uh, anyway, well, we've always so, done that. So <laughs> that's true. That's true. Punch and Judy of the fantasy football airwaves but uh, (laughs) hey so so it's going to be another interesting season your Cowboys lost um, DeMarco Murray but uh, they've added um, Darren McFadden so I'm sure that makes up for that Um, my Giants are (laughs) naturally (laughs) yeah yeah Jason Pierre Paul I guess the missing fingers are the new status symbol in the NFL right now we, we had do a little not too much fun. fireworks here at the 4th and Inches show. No, no. We do not, and we don't do any promotional work for them either. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that was all about. But um, And he wasn't even the worst. It was, I think, a quarterback for, I don't know if it was the Texans or who that blew off mm-hmm. something like three fingers on July 4th. So he wasn't even the worst of them. I guess between the two of them, they have enough fingers for one hand. But that's... Sell high five. <laughs> Yeah, so so just off the top of your head, who are your uh, picks for the divisions and for the Super Bowl this year? Oh, I keep going back and forth on this. I feel like I have a lot to live up to since the horrible that I per- I predicted. Um, but I mean, I kind of I think this year I want to do a homer pick. I want Denver to go to the Super Bowl for the AFC. I think this may be Peyton Swan song. I want to see him go on top. Uh, whether or not that will actually play out, it's more what I would like. Um, I don't think he's even going to last the season, but we'll see. I just I want him to so bad. <laughs> um, it's a nice and I, story, I, but... Yeah, and I think I'm I'm still going with uh, with Green Bay. I just it's a lot of weapons. What are your picks this year? Um, I think I'm going to go with somewhat of a sleeper in the NFC. I think I'm going to go with Minnesota in the NFC. I'm hoping really? or thinking, thinking that Teddy Bridgewater will develop a lot this year and having Adrian Peterson back and having some semblance of a receiving game now that they might uh, take the next step and I guess or I guess take a step into the playoffs. But yeah, a lot of that that's going cool. to depend on a lot of them are, a lot of that's going to depend on uh, how how good their defense is or isn't and in the AFC I I don't really have any good ideas there you know just to make it interesting I'll say Miami but um I don't I have a ton of I don't <laughs> I I don't know yeah. but I like it I like it a lot more than Minnesota Well 
we'll see. We can we can uh, laugh about it or or say hey, nice pick back in the, when we get to yeah. December then. So so we've right. had a lot of injuries already. We pretty much have a Pro Bowl roster of people who are injured. Well, we do. So who who are some of the ones that have uh, you know registered on your radar screen as as people that would normally go high in fantasy drafts that are, are not uh, well, even uh, playing this year. Probably two of the biggest ones. Uh, Jordy Nelson, the Packers' number one or was number one wide receiver, obviously blew his knee out, as well as Kelvin Benjamin in Carolina, who's poised to have another big year. They're both going to miss the season with knee injuries. Uh, a bigger blow for Carolina than I think it is for the Packers. Obviously, Nelson was Aaron Rodgers, uh, kind of a security blanket, but He's got other options. That's yeah, for he sure. still has Cobb. He's he's got Devonte Adams. They re-signed James Jones. He's, yep. he's not going to be hurting for for no, anything, I don't okay. think. But Carolina, that's a different story. I just, of course, that Hank whole. Hankin Jr. is not going to replace Kelvin Benjamin's production. Just not going to happen. No, we're talking we're kickoff returns. Devin, it's different, but meh. Um, and then of course, Devin uh, who's injured himself. Yeah, well, and of course we've got Arian Foster, had groin surgery. Uh, There's no exact timetable for his return. He'll just be back, quote, sooner rather than later, which, you know, instills so much confidence in all of us. But he will be back at some point this season. I tell my boss at work that I'll be in sooner rather than later, but see how far that would get me. (laughs) That's like saying we're all day-to-day. He'll come back at some point. So there's that. (laughs) Um Let's see. We've also got uh, we've got Roddy White had some elbow surgery, got some scoping done there. He did practice today. It looks like he is on track to play this week. Um, Bills running back Lashawn McCoy, newly uh, to the team, Lashawn McCoy. He's been battling some hamstring problems. He is allegedly good to go. I don't think he's 100%. We'll see what kind of production we get out of him this week. Uh, the Packers also had a scare with Randall Cobb the week after Jordy Nelson blows his knee out, hurts his shoulder. He has been uh, practicing this week. He is going to play this week. It's just a matter of how effective he's going to be. Uh, I would think, I've never been an NFL wide receiver, but I would think having a, a bad shoulder makes you a little hesitant to go stretch out and get hit by someone who's 250 pounds coming at you full speed. But that's just me. Um, <laughs> Bears wide receiver Alshon Jeffrey has been battling a strained calf. He has not been practicing. I'd be surprised if he didn't play, though. This is a guy who normally plays through injuries, and quite frankly, the Bears need him badly. Uh, Giants wide receiver, I'm sure this is near and dear to you, Victor Cruz. He's got a strained calf. It looked like maybe he was thinking about trying to play, but then today it did come out. They're thinking he could be out until as late as week four, so probably not going to see him this week. Now we've got to look at the next couple of weeks and see whether or not he's going to play. Uh, Buccaneers wide receiver Mike Evans, again, also with a hamstring problem, didn't practice today. He is more uncertain for this weekend. Uh, I would think they're going to do everything they can to get him out there. Jameis Winston needs all the help he can get, but we're going to have to wait and see on that one. And, of course, uh, Le'Veon Bell and Martavius Bryant, both not playing this week because they are suspended. Way to go, guys. T.Y. Yeah. <laughs> Hilton is still listed as being kind of questionable. Yeah, I think, I think he's he going to go. It'll be interesting, but, but it's, yeah, I mean, see. yeah, your leg's got to be basically falling off at this point to not play week one. You've been waiting months for this. That's true. That's true, but yeah, yeah, yeah I, I don't know. They've got to do something about the preseason, but maybe just expand the rosters so that they've got more warm bodies. Maybe just take the Adrian Peterson approach and just not play altogether. Just just stop playing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What that brings up an interesting point though. What do you expect of him this year, especially given that you know, he's he's getting to that age where running backs typically fall off the cliff. Some people argue, you know, he hasn't, you know, played in a year, but you know, on the other hand he is thirty right. and you know, you figure that his reaction times at age 30 are probably not quite what they were at 28 a couple of seasons ago. So, you know, one league that I'm in, an industry league, he actually was picked number one overall. Back I've in actually June, had a couple leagues where he was picked one overall. And 
Well, I, I'm more in the camp that I think he's going to have a very good year. I I can see both sides of the coin, and you can make a good case both ways. I I sure wasn't picking him when I had the number one overall pick. That's, that's, it's that's too, too much, much risk for me to for me. take on. Yeah. I mean, I... I think I think it's much more likely he's going to have a huge year. Uh, he's very well rested at this point, uh, and we all know he's a workout fiend, so I'm sure he's in great shape. The offense isn't overly complicated at this moment because they've run 17 quarterbacks in the last two years, it feels like. I, I mean, the playbook isn't that extensive. Throw ball, catch ball, run ball, that's pretty much it for the Vikings right now. Um, I just I think he wants to get out of Minnesota, and that's more his motivation than anything, is that he wants to have a good year and hopefully get traded. Um, so that's kind of what I'm banking on, but I don't have him on any of my teams. I like it from a fantasy perspective. Well, yeah, once, once Sherman's Super, Super Bowl, Bowl pick goes through, <laughs> yeah, then it'll be okay. But I just – I don't – I'm more not sold on the rest of the offense than Adrian Peterson. Yeah, I don't know. They, they've got – I mean, Charles Johnson came on last year. They signed Mike Wallace. I do and, like Charles Johnson. Yeah. I'm not – Teddy Bridgewater doesn't do it for me, though. He just doesn't. We'll see. He, he, he definitely improved the second half of the season. We'll see. But, and, you I mean, know, it's he, sure going to help having Adrian Peterson next to you. That's got to open up a lot more opportunities that weren't there before. I will grant him that. You would think. But, I mean, still, you know, guys like Kyle Rudolph have to get better. Cordell yep. Patterson has to – more like the guy he was his first year than the guy he was last year, but uh, yeah, there's definitely room for improvement there, but we'll see. So that said, shall we just pop into the games and just uh, give our our picks for the week and then get into the individual player stuff? Yeah, let's do it. I'm sure we will have some fun discussions ahead. <laughs> okay. As we tend to. So. Yeah, week one often feels like a dart throw, but uh, we'll see what we come up with here. So, leading off Thursday night, we've got the defending Super Bowl (coughs) champion, New England (laughs) Patriots, hosting the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh, as you alluded to, they've got a couple of their key offensive cogs um, suspended. Their defense is somewhat suspect and they don't have a center, they're just a mess right now. Yeah, they're one of two teams that are, I think they're one of two teams that are underdogs by more than five points this coming week. But I I don't know, I just, I think that, you know, Antonio Brown and Roethlisberger, you know, they're going to find a way to keep this game close. I think New England will still win, but I think it'll be closer than the point spread. I'll go with the final score of New England 31, Pittsburgh 28. And just as a side, I just I don't see that New England has the horses, at least at receiver this year, when you're trying out Julian Edelman and Danny Amendola as your starting wide receivers. I, that just, I don't know. You know. They should just re-sign Wes Welker and they could you know, have the yeah. Joel Smurf team. This is true, but, I mean, we've seen Tom Brady do a lot of good with what didn't look like a lot on paper. So I'm going to wait and see how this experiment works. For me, it's more the over-under, how much time they actually spend talking about the game versus suspensions or this deflate gate and spy gate and whatever gate. Um, So I might watch this game with the sound off. But I I think New England's going to take this. I think they might take it by as much as 10. I think Pittsburgh is just trying to figure out which end is up right now. They're trying to replace a lot of pieces all at once, and that makes me a little nervous. So do you have a final score, Russ? What do you think? Um, I'm going to say 38-28. I think it's a little higher scoring. Okay. Yeah. All right. Next up we've got Kansas City hosting Houston, and I'm sure a lot of people are expecting Ugh. you know, Houston to be – better this year. You know, they have Brian Hoyer at quarterback, you know, when Arian Foster comes back, you know, they don't have Andre Johnson anymore, but they've got, you know, Cecil Shorts and and Washington now. DeAndre Hopkins was a good young star last year. Um, I I don't know. I I think Jeremy Macklin's going to make a difference for Kansas City if he stays healthy. That gives Alex Smith a weapon he really hasn't had in the past. Travis Kelsey should be better 
this year and Jamal Charles is Jamal Charles. I, I'll, it's partly a homer pick because I like the Chiefs, but you I'll do. go with them to win this game by a field goal. I'll say Kansas City 24, Houston 21. I, I'm cons- I, I like and respect Houston's defense, I think, a little bit more than you do right now. Um, I love Jeremy Macklin coming to Kansas City. Andy Reid's always been a fan of his. I think that he may be able to get Kansas City over this hump of not being able to have wide receivers score touchdowns ever. Um, But that being said, I don't think this is their week. I think it's a terrible matchup for Travis Kelsey and pretty much most of the Kansas City offense. Uh, I don't think this is the week they get it going. I think this is going to be a pretty low-scoring game, though, because quite frankly, I'm not – too scared about Houston's offense overall. So I think this is more like a 14-10 game Houston. Okay. So we yeah. have our first disagreement of the season. First of all, <laughs> I'm sure what will be and based in. on our history. <laughs> two games in, we already are uh, the, the first flying. So, okay. Next one up, we've got Indianapolis at Buffalo, Indianapolis, is a trendy pick to be the AFC representative in the Super Bowl this year. Andrew Luck, you know, he keeps looking better and better. I remember I was on his case after his first season because his completion rate was only about yeah. 55%, which was even worse than Mark Sanchez's. But obviously in the last couple of years, he's improved and Mark Sanchez hasn't. Yes. And Buffalo, you know, Tyrod Taylor, who knows what's going on there. LaShawn McCoy, is he healthy or not? You know, you, a lot of Rex you figure Ryan's that Rex Ryan, <laughs> at least he'll be good for some quotes and some you know, some foot fetish jokes and all, but can't wait this till game, you I'll, I'll, go, can't wait. <laughs> I'll go chalk here and I'll say Indianapolis wins this. I'll say Indy 27, Buffalo 21. I'm going to get a little risky here. I really have nothing to go on other than a gut feeling. Indy should by all means win this game, but I think Buffalo will. I just think something weird's going to happen. The Buffalo defense, I don't think, is getting enough respect right now. Uh, the, the Indy tight ends are going to be a wasteland this week. Uh, I just, As good as Andrew Luck is, I think that going against the Rex Ryan defense is always a little challenging. Think playing in Buffalo, you're not totally sure what to make of this team because no one really knows what it's supposed to look like. We sure didn't see any semblance of what was going to be on the field this week during preseason. Um, so I'm going to take Buffalo by a field goal, and I think I'm going to go 24-21 Buffalo. If you recall, I think last year they played at Chicago the opening mm-hmm. game of the season and beat them on a late field goal. And then everybody in Chicago started saying, what's wrong with our team? And as it turned out, the answer was a lot. I can only imagine the hand-wringing that's going to ensue and if Andy loses this game. Ironically, the Buffalo game really wasn't even what exposed what was wrong with them. They were just bad all around. <laughs> they were, but that was our first Sorry, indication Chicago. of it. So yeah. we'll see. So speaking of Chicago, their next game up, they're hosting Green Bay. This is the other game, the other week one game, where the spread is more than five points. Here I think it's entirely deserved. I just don't see this being close. Matt Forte, he's still a first-round pick in most fantasy drafts, but you just figure if Alshon Jeffrey isn't healthy, Mm -hmm. how many – if Eddie Royal is your top receiver, you're in trouble, and – I just. I mean, ten years ago, that's different. But right now, it's eh, Eddie Royal. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I just. I don't like this game at all from Chicago's perspective. I think they start off the season with a home ro- a home loss for the second year in a row. So I'm going to take Green Bay, Sons Jordy Nelson to win this pretty easily. I'll say Green Bay 38, Chicago 21. I don't have a problem with your score. I fully agree. I mean, the first note I have written next to this game is it's going to be a long day for the Chicago defense. I mean, they're not a particularly strong defense to begin with, and then you're going against Aaron Rodgers and a pretty healthy overall offense with the exception of of Jordy Nelson's knee. I mean, they can get by. You're going to see a lot of Devontae Adams. I think Andrew Corliss might even make an appearance in this game. It could get crazy. I just It's going to be a bad day for Chicago. Sorry, guys. I feel like we never have good news for them. Ever. <laughs> well, maybe they'll get to play uh, 
I'm just trying to thank the AF, the NFC North <laughs> who they play this year. I'm forgetting. I think it's the AFC West maybe, but um not 100% sure of that, but we'll see. Well, so We're going to pick them to win some week because they're going to win eventually. So we'll get you eventually. Maybe. Yeah, no no team you know, since Detroit a few years back has gone 0-16, and then, of course, they got Matthew Stafford, and while well, they're not a Super Bowl contender yet, you know, they're, okay for them. They're, they're not going to be 0-16 anytime soon again. So next up we've got a team that looked like they might be 0-16 for a while Ooh, you know, the last yeah. few seasons, and that was Jacksonville. They're, host, they're hosting uh, Carolina, which – is also looking like they're on the skids this year. This, I know people keep talking about Cam Newton and you know, no, saying you know, he's here. he's one of the <laughs> better fantasy quarterbacks, but I just I don't see Carolina having enough offensive punch to win this game. So I'll go with Jacksonville to win. I'll say Jacksonville 24, Carolina 17. I can't believe they let me live in this state for the amount of, of smack I've talked on Cam Newton over the years on this show. <laughs> it amazes me. But I just this game's not going to be pretty. Uh, I think Carolina's going to win, and it's going to be all because of Jonathan Stewart. i am obviously never been a fan of Cam Newton. If you're going to play him, do it in the first eight weeks, and he's going to fall off a cliff. Uh, I would like to thank Blake Bortles for inspiring my fantasy football team names this year with Teenage Mutant Ninja Bortles. So that's about all I have to say about Jacksonville. <laughs> that's good. I like that. It's nice. It's working out pretty well for me. Yeah. So yeah. moving right along, then we've got the game that I think is going to be the low-scoring game of the week, and that's the Jets on the road at Cleveland hard for me to imagine either of these teams mustering much offense. I do think the Jets are better off with Ryan Fitzpatrick at quarterback than they would have been with Geno Smith. And I think even without Rex Ryan, their defense is still going to be pretty darn good, especially that they've got the, you know, the secondary, they have a reunion tour going on in their secondary, you know, having re-signed mm-hmm. Revis and Cromarty. So I'll say the Jets, step up and win this game, I'll say Jets 17, Cleveland 14. I actually have the same score. I, Johnny Manziel still creeping on that sideline, and that's probably the biggest issue right now for Cleveland. Um, I just, I think we're going to see a lot of Chris Ivory. I like, I've always been a Ryan Fitzpatrick fan, so I don't hate having him under center. Uh, it's just going to be interesting to see how that offense works. Um, so I'm, this is a game I actually might watch a little bit just because I'm curious to see how they're going to look more of the train wreck factor between both teams and hoping for some good out of it than actual like value to the game of football. Well, be between Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker, he actually has a couple a potential of for things to happen wide there. receivers there. And you know, when he was in Philadelphia, and not in Philadelphia, when he was in Buffalo with Stevie Johnson, you know, good things happened there, so I, I have more faith in him than I do in, in some of the other people that have been running out there lately, plus it's kind of neat to see his kids you know, multiply two six-digit numbers in their head at the post-game <laughs> press conferences, so there's there's yeah. always that to look forward to. But Yeah, I'm, all, I'm so. all about it. I'm all in on Ryan Fitzpatrick right. as the Jets quarterback. Okay, so next up we've got a team that could probably use Ryan Fitzpatrick as its starting quarterback, hosting a team with a quarterback who's supposed to be on the verge every year. I'm talking about the Miami at Washington game, and I'll leave it to you to figure out who's who between Ryan Tannehill and uh, RG3 and Kirk Cousins. Well, obviously, we all know how I feel about the Dolphins. (laughs) Anyone that's ever listened to the show knows how I feel about them. But how do you feel about this game, Sherpa? (laughs) Well, I think it's going to go swimmingly for the Dolphins, and I think they're going to win this game. It wasn't very deep, but uh, it was it was something. <laughs> so I'll go with the um, the Dolphins to start off their season and, and finish strong. I'll say Dolphins thirty-one, Redskins fourteen. Uh, I'm I'm going thirty-four, fourteen. I am buying a ticket to the Tannehill show. It's going down this week. It's going to be a huge day for Ryan Tannehill. That whole offense. I'm excited about Jordan Cameron being in there. Uh, Washington is going to be it's 
going to be a long day for their defense. Uh, I, I'm i not really impressed by a lot of their offense, but uh, we will talk about some of their run game later on when we break it down by position, but I'm very much in on Miami winning this game. So as far as the Miami receivers this year, who do you like? Is it you know Jarvis Landry? Is it Kenny Stills? Do you think that Devontae Parker is going to play a big role? Is Greg Jennings going to have a resurgent season? Who you know you're, you follow I, them more I like than Jarvis I do, but Landry you... a lot. He's my favorite of the bunch. Um, for me, Kenny Stills has been always kind of hit or miss. Made me crazy when he was with the Saints. It's just it's one week and then it's not. It, the production isn't consistent enough for me. I would love to see Greg Jennings have a nice resurgence. I think it's very possible, but I'm not banking on it. But Jarvis Landry is definitely my pick out of the bunch. Okay, moving on, we've got the should have been defending Super Bowl champion Seattle Seahawks uh, traveling on the road to St. Louis. Seattle had a rough start to their season last year. I think they were three and four or four and four or maybe both yeah. at the first half of the season. Awesome. But they could have been both. <laughs> Saint St. Louis has had quarterback problems the past few years, mainly with Sam Bradford not remaining in one piece long enough to see game action in the regular season. But I think now with Nick Bowles things are gonna change. They've got Brian Quick at receiver. They've got Kenny Britt who seems to be keeping his yeah, himself out of trouble. So he hasn't fought anybody the, the run yet. Game so that's is, good. Yeah, until we'll Todd that. Gurley you know, gets healthy, the run game is still a bit of a mystery for St. Louis. But I'm going to go ahead and pick them in a mild upset to win this game. I'll say St. Louis 24, Seattle 21, and for once, Seattle might not even have the best defense on the field. I I'm very excited to watch this game. I would love to see St. Louis win it. I'm still gonna pick Seattle. Uh I'm gonna do it just by uh I'm gonna do it by six. I don't think they're gonna get a full touchdown on them. But um both defenses are gonna match up really well. I think that this is just it's not gonna be the big game for Jimmy Graham that we all think it's gonna be. Uh but I do think that Nick Foles is gonna have a rough debut going against the Seattle offense or Seattle defense, which is Granted, a little banged up, but still, uh, Nick Foley and Dynamite may not reach his true potential this week, but we'll table it till next week. So I'm taking Seattle by six. Okay, so we have yet another disagreement. That's always good. We've so actually done pretty next, well so far. <laughs> so far, yeah. yeah. So next, uh, Detroit is traveling to San Diego. Detroit always seems like they're on the verge of, you know, taking a step forward, and then somehow things fall apart. Um, in San Diego last year, people left them for dead, and they bounced back and had a decent season. I'll say Detroit wins this, and what I expect will be one of several shootouts in week one. I'll go with Detroit to win this by a final score of 38-28, excuse me, 35-28, and it's nice to see Calvin Johnson actually healthy to start a season. I know. I'm excited to see if he could stay healthy for a whole season. This is going to be really fun to watch. Um, I yeah. am going to disagree with you. I'm I'm going San Diego on this. Uh, Detroit lost some key pieces in that defense. Uh, I just I'm excited about Melvin Gordon. I know he may not be quite what I want him to be just yet. It's week one, but I do agree with you. There is a shootout coming. This is going to be a great game to watch. I'm taking San Diego 35-31 over, De- or over Detroit. Um, but this is going to be – I think it's going to be a good game to watch for sure. Okay, next up we have a game which I don't think will be quite as much fun to watch. Yeah. Orleans with their formerly high-octane offense traveling to Arizona where they've had some quarterback issues the last few years, to put it nicely. Larry Fitzgerald no longer – considered elite fantasy-wide receiver. Lots of talk about John Brown, Michael Floyd. We'll see what happens. But I still like New Orleans to win this game. You know, who knows whether uh, Cameron Jordan will actually play or not. But uh, I still think that they'll have just enough defense and that Arizona's still going to have enough question marks on offense. I'll say New Orleans 28, Arizona 24. 
I'm taking Arizona in a mini upset, 24-21 over New Orleans. Uh, the New Orleans pass defense is a little sketchy. I'm hoping Carson Palmer. Uh, I do like John Brown. I, I'd like to see if they can maybe get something going. And Arizona, generally, at least early in the season before they get racked with injuries, has a decent little special teams game. Something crazy could happen there. So I'm going to take Arizona. All right, yet another disagreement. And here's another game I'm sure we'll disagree on. Oakland <laughs> hosting Cincinnati. Cincinnati, I know Andy Dalton, a.k.a. the Ginger Ninjas, one of your favorite, <laughs> favorite players, maybe not so much from a fantasy standpoint, but at least from a nickname standpoint. Yeah. Uh, A.J. Green seems healthy to start the season. Jeremy Hill had a breakout season last year, so they've definitely got some weapons, but I think Oakland <laughs> excuse me, has some weapons and some good young talented players of their own. You, know, you look at Derek Carr and Octavius Murray and they have Amari Cooper now and you know, they have Michael Crabtree over across the bay from San Francisco. I just I don't have anything really to base this on other than a hunch, but I'll say that Oakland wins this game by a field goal. I'll say Oakland 27, Cincinnati 24. I actually really want to pick Oakland to win this game. I, I'm just super into Derek Carr, and I really want this to work for Oakland. I'm kind of just over them being so terrible all the time. Um, and they have – they're starting to get the pieces together. It's just let's see if they'll gel. But on the flip side, the Oakland defense makes me pause in, in concern. So I think that I think that's probably going to be the undoing. I think it's going to be more defensive miscues than uh, Cincinnati being totally overwhelming. Um, but I think we're going to see some good things out of Derek Carr, and I'd like I'm excited to see what Amari Cooper is going to do. But I'm taking Cincinnati by a touchdown. Um, I think it's going to be 28-21. And it, I mean, I want I want Oakland to win this, but I just don't think it's going to happen. All right, so I think we've disagreed on four games in a row now. Let's see if we can make it five, although I'm guessing we won't. Uh, next game up Denver, hosting Baltimore. And I, for Baltimore, I just I really don't understand why the whole Tory Smith thing didn't work out there. But for whatever reason, Kamara Aiken is now their number two wide receiver and is a nice play if you're under the radar play, if you're looking for a – a sleeper in, in season-long leagues or if you're running out of cash in a daily league. But I just think Denver, it's really hard to pick against them at home with Peyton, with C.J. Anderson back. You know, tight end, they're a little bit banged up. And, of course, they lost, you know, um, Julian Thomas from last year. But yeah. I just think that Denver still has too many weapons you know, to to deal with, and I'll pick them to win this by 10 points. I'll say Denver 31, Baltimore 21. I don't I don't disagree too much with your score. I think that uh, I'm I obviously I'm also taking Denver here. I think it's going to be a tough day for C.J. Anderson. The Baltimore run defense I think is going to slow him down a lot. Uh, unfortunately, uh, the the Denver pass defense is pretty solid, so it's almost going to be a wash. I just think Peyton Manning in Denver, game one of the season, I just I think he's much more capable of pulling Rabbit out of his hat this week than Joe Flacco is. And I just, I'm, you know, Justin Forsett was a nice story last year, but I just, I don't I would like see him, him last do it again. I just starting don't know. tailback all season again. Yeah, eh, we'll we'll keep an eye on it. All right, next game is must-see TV just because we've got the two young rookie quarterbacks who were the Ryan Leaf and Peyton Manning of this year's draft. I'll leave it to you to figure out which is which. But uh, we've got um, Marcus Mariota and his Tennessee Titans traveling to meet Jameis Winston and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I don't know what to think of this, you know, either of those quarterbacks. You know, it sounds like the news has been more positive on Mariota than – Winston so far in training camp, but again, really, who knows until they get on the field and can can do it. But it's it's fun to see the two of them match up against each other in the first game of the season. Just a nice coincidence. Funny how that but, happened, huh? <laughs> yeah, but I'll say that Tennessee just 
uh, has more a little bit more offensive firepower, I think, than Tampa does. And I'll go with Tennessee to win this 28-20. Item 28-21, Tennessee's a little healthier. I like Mariota personally better than Jameis Winston, just overall as a complete player. Um, and I just I like the Tennessee receiving core and how healthy they are versus, you know, Mike Evans right now. Um, but, again, another game we kind of have to watch because we need to figure out what's going on with these guys. So, speaking of a game we have to watch, the Sunday night game. Um, yep, that's our where our teams, friendship uh, ceases to exist for three and a half hours. <laughs> yes, yes. And yeah, my Giants traveling to face your Cowboys opening game of the season should be a doozy, sure. should be a barn burner. Don't know how good either team's defense is going to be. Don't know how good the Giants' offensive line is going to be or whether they're going to have a running game. Don't know whether Dallas is going to have a running game. Don't know whether you know, Jason Witten is going to come out for we the game in a wheelchair. We do know they don't have a starting me. running back. We are sure of that. <laughs> they will, but it's just... Someday. It's, Someday it's, we'll do it. It's kind of interesting to see. I mean, for all we know, Christian Michael might be there starting tailback by week four, but uh, when all is said and done, I don't know. I don't don't think there's going to be too much defense played in this game. And just a homer pick here, I'll go with the Giants. Wishful thinking to win this game, I'll say Giants 34, Dallas 31. I'm going to shock you and the rest of our our listening audience by picking the Cowboys, and I'm going to pick them by six points. I, I think that it just it scares me when the Giants come to Dallas because we always lose to you guys there. I don't know why. We just can't stop doing it. I don't love not having a starting running back, although Darren McFadden is my favorite in the clubhouse right now for no real reason other than I just like him the best out of the bunch. Uh, but you guys aren't going to have Victor Cruz. Sean Lee's back. I like our defense better than you do. Um, I just overall, obviously, big into our offensive line. You can put anybody behind him and we'll figure it out. So I'm taking the Cowboys. No shock to anybody. Another disagreement. All right. It's, it's too bad these teams can't play each other more than twice a season. Well, I guess in theory they can play each other <laughs> three times a season. We have a great show every week just dissecting this game. <laughs> yeah. That, that would, actually, that would probably get kind of boring if we were if they played every week. That would, you know, mm. I, I'm guessing that you know, we'd be like some married couple arguing about our, yeah, our favorites every week. But anyway... <laughs> So, moving right along, we've got the traditional, not one, but two, count them, two Monday night games. No 8.30 start. There's a 7 o'clock start and a 10.15 start. Early game, we've got Philadelphia at Atlanta. Late game, we've got the Super Bowl to be champion Minnesota Vikings playing at like San Francisco. like the year you're picking the city to win the Super Bowl, which is never going to hear the end of it. <laughs> no, all downhill true. from here now. <laughs> all right. So... The first game, Philadelphia at Atlanta, I've recently relocated to the Philadelphia area from my beloved New York. But um, Yeah, I exited Sam you Brad- moved in. <laughs> yeah, so Sam Bradford is – so you're kind of the Nick Foles and I'm kind of the Sam Bradford. Hopefully I'll stay healthy a little yeah. bit longer than he will. But, um, yeah, Sam Bradford, all the rage here in Philadelphia now, people thinking that he's – perfect quarterback for Chip Kelly's system, blah, 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 blah. I don't know about long-term, but short-term this week, Atlanta don't like their defense, don't really see that they're going to have much more defense than they did last year when they had not much. You know, last year they had the opening game shootout at home against New Orleans, which they pulled out late in the fourth quarter. And then in overtime this year, I don't see that happening. I think Philadelphia wins this game pretty easily. I'll go with the Eagles, 38, Atlanta, 28. I think this is going to be a shootout. I think it's going down to the wire. I think it's going to look a lot like last year's New Orleans game. Atlanta's coming out on top. They're going to win by three points. But I think that regardless of their defense being kind of like Swiss cheese, I'm willing to overlook that this week because Matt Ryan's going to have a huge day. So are his wide receivers. The Philly defense is not going to be able to stop both Julio Jones and Roddy White, so pencil Roddy White in for a ton of points. Um, Sam Bradford's great and all. I love what he's doing. I don't know if he's going to be able to sustain it, and I think Matt Ryan's coming out on top this week. 
All right, we'll check back on that one next week. And then finally, Minnesota at San Francisco. We'll probably disagree on this as well. I love Carlos Hyde this year. I think he could easily be a top five, top ten quarterback. I mean, running back. Maybe he could be a quarterback, too. If That'd be great positions. if he was a quarterback, too. I mean, shoot. <laughs> yeah. Have to call it the run and hide instead of the run and shoot. But oh, anyway. So We're on to something here. <laughs> yes. But uh, as you probably suspect, I am going to pick the Vikings to win the first game in what will be a 19-0 and season. I'll pick, no um, I'll pick them by – I detected just a, a touch of sarcasm in your response what? there. From but, me? <laughs> Never. <laughs> so, but um, for this game, I'll say Minnesota 27, San Francisco 24. Blair Walsh Project gets off to a good start this year. I love the Blair Walsh Project. Uh, we neglected to mention Greg the Leg earlier. That was a horrible oversight on our part. Um, but I'm going to actually shock you. And I did and, pick them by uh, a field goal, too, so I should oh, have mentioned him. Yeah, God, missed opportunity. We'll make up for it. Um, but I, I'm going to shock you and actually agree with you. Uh, I'm I'm very much in agreement about Carlos Hyde, which we'll get to again in just a few minutes, but I'm picking Minnesota. I'm picking them by 10. Uh, San Francisco, for me, is going to be just a train wreck this year. I think they could be a bottom five team by the end of the season. I have not a lot of confidence in what they're doing right now. So I don't necessarily think Minnesota's going undefeated, but I do think they will be undefeated after this week. I'm not that impressed by any of the teams in the NFC West this year going into the season. this could be the NFC the way the NFC South was last year, I think. But the NFC West we'll feels like the NFC West of like five years ago. They just right where Charlie yeah. Whitehurst was leading a team into the playoffs with you know, which they won a home game not, with a seven and nine. Not our finest moment there, yeah. no. <laughs> yeah. Well, you so, just picked we'll Teddy Bridgewater to win a Super Bowl, so. Well. <laughs> it's going out on the limb a little bit more than to say Aaron Rodgers is going to win a Super Bowl. Hey, hey. I would like to see Peyton Manning win it, but I just like to well, operate Peyton in Manning reality and Aaron Rodgers, instead of, instead of like this crazy Teddy Bridgewater Ryan stuck up Kansas City Chief world you live in. Well, that was not altogether a crazy pick. It was a little bit out on a limb, but... Listen, yeah, I'm I well protected Kansas by the City. Cowboys' offensive line. Nothing can get to me right now. Everything's going to be All okay. Right. <laughs> All right. So let's rush on then and uh, start looking let's at some individual players. players. As, <laughs> as promised, we, we're going to take a look just because the daily fantasy world is sort of carpet bombing the, the media these yeah. days, and you can't really avoid it unless you turn the sound off and turn the picture off, but uh, we'll mm-hmm. take a look. Yeah, of course, the two big players in that space, the Hertz and Avis, so the daily fantasy sports right now are, are FanDuel and DraftKings. And yeah. so this is actually, I played a little bit at the end of last season, but this is really my first major foray into the daily fantasy sports world. Jenna, how about you? What's your experience been with daily I've so far? I've actually been playing for two years, maybe a little bit more. I, I have accounts at both sites, so I like to I like to mix it up. Um, but yeah, I've been playing for a little while. I like it a lot. I, I'm i also, because I'm basically an old man, I like to play fantasy golf too, so, you know, there's that. Oh my. <laughs> I just, I know, my respect bad. for you just went down like 50%, but that's Like okay. there was so much of it before. I'm a Cowboys fan. <laughs> well, there's more. More big relative term, of course. So why don't we start off by looking at the quarterback position? Actually, just some quick differences between the DraftKings and the FanDuel sites, just in terms of the game. FanDuel, they've got uh, both sites. You start nine players. FanDuel, you're starting a kicker. DraftKings, you're starting no kicker, but you have a extra flex position that can be filled by a um, by a uh, wide receiver, running back, or tight end. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the points way to play. differ a, a little bit. There's 
since there's no kicker for the um, for the DraftKings, they go with 100-yard bonuses for rushing and and receiving, and a 300-yard bonus, you know, a three 300-plus yard bonus, you know, for mm-hmm. quarterbacks. So the the scoring systems are a little different. FanDuel, you get sixty thousand dollars to spend on nine players. DraftKings, you get fifty thousand to spend on the nine players. Scoring systems, by and large, except for the the kicker versus the you know the bonuses for the other players, are are fairly similar. So, how about quarterbacks this week? Who looks undervalued to you, or who do you really like a lot this week, Janet? Quarterback. Um, obviously, I, as I alluded to earlier, I think both Matt Ryan and, and Ryan Tannehill are going to have big weeks this week. So for me, it's worth it to spend the big bucks on something I know is as close to what I feel is like a sure thing. Um, but if I'm still looking at quote unquote, you know, upper tier elite kind of players, I still think Carson Palmer, who's going to save you some money comparatively, um, you know, almost $1,000 compared to some guys like Aaron Rodgers, um, Matt Ryan, that kind of thing. But I think Carson Palmer is going to be a good play this week. Uh, But you just kind of, again, it's always going to depend on how the rest of your lineup plays out. But for me, going big on a quarterback uh, isn't always a a bad play. What about you? For me, some of the quarterbacks I like this week, Eli Manning, uh, Matthew Stafford, Sam Bradford is $7,500 on FanDuel. Teddy Bridgewater, $7,200. Marcus Mariota, $7,100. So those are some of the guys I like there over I on the... Don't, um, I don't hate the Eli Manning pick. I mean, he he generally goes to Dallas and puts up a gazillion yards. So that's, that's probably well, a pretty good one. I mean, I think week one, it's nice because you just don't know, especially with the teams that have new... Yeah coordinators, new coaches, new systems. You really don't know what's like yet. It's a lot easier to pick a Ben Roethlisberger or a Eli Manning or a Peyton Manning or somebody, Aaron Rodgers, somebody like that. Andrew mm-hmm. Luckett's had su- success in the system that they're currently in. Um, but uh, we'll see. So how about, about- – um, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, do you have any that you you want to avoid this week, quarterback-wise? Well, just thinking the the high price on guys. For instance, one guy that I don't understand, Russell Wilson, $7,800 on DraftKings. Yeah, People to basically talk about facilitate, him. no thanks. Well, I mean, he, he puts up decent passing yardage, but, again, you just look at their wide receiving core and you just say there's no there there. You know, they're just... Yeah, if if you know Ricardo Lockett and Doug Baldwin and you know Chris Matthews, who had never caught an NFL pass before the Super yeah. Bowl, and then all of a sudden he's their go-to option in the red zone at the end of the first half of the Super Bowl and towards the end of the game. I mean, that just and yeah, I don't really see that they did a lot to improve that. I mean, we can talk all we want about you know how Percy Harvin and Golden Tate didn't get along and or out of town now, but you know they mm-hmm. had a much better receiving core just a few years ago when they had those two, and then the former uh, Vikings receiver whose whose name escapes me now. But uh, I just Russell White, excuse me, Russell Wilson is somebody that I'm just you know if they want to keep him healthy, that he's not going to be rushing for 800 yards a season like he has you know first few years and it's just I think it's just a natural progression as those guys get more experience that they run less and let their running backs do more of the work and throw more so we'll see but um, those are some guys that I would avoid this week. Yeah for me it's probably Joe Flacco I don't love the matchup especially for the price you're paying Um, like on FanDuel is $8,200 it's just too much for for the kind of production that I could get with somebody else and Drew Brees, again, very expensive. I'm not a huge fan of the matchup compared to what I could get for even less uh, with one of the guys we talked about before. So those are probably my two. Okay. So let's move along to running back, and then at the end we'll just – I've got my teams, and then we'll see how your team does, and we'll see who scores more points. And even if we're not playing head-to-head, we'll – 
see how this works out this week. But yeah, uh, time-wise, we may we may end up posting those up on the website, but we'll get we'll get them out there one way or the other. Well, we'll do we'll do the two-minute drill on some of these positions <laughs> here. But uh, so for running back, you know, who do you like this week? Uh, I I love Jonathan Stewart this week. He's going to have a big week again. Chris Ivory uh, on DraftKings. He's only forty-one hundred dollars, sixty-four hundred on FanDuel. Uh, Alfred Blue, I think, could definitely do some things, especially for the price, only $5,800 on FanDuel. Uh, we both talked about Carlos Hyde. I like Melvin Gordon. I don't know if this is necessarily the week to go all in on him. And Darren McFadden, all three of those guys in Dallas are going to get a look. I know Jerry Jones likes McFadden. I think he's going to be pushing for at least him to get just as many touches as Joseph Randall, but that's just a gut feeling. Again, his price is right for me, but it would depend on the rest of my lineup. So just for me, looking at some of the guys you know, on FanDuel price-wise, I like Carlos Hyde, like Lamar Miller a lot. I think that game's going to be a route, and I think he's going to play a big part in it. Melvin Gordon, like that to be a high-scoring game, and I think he'll get a fair number of touches. And then TJ Elvin down in Jacksonville, I don't expect it to be a high-scoring game, but it wouldn't surprise me if they you know, give him some uh, – goal line work if they get down close enough to do that. So those are some of my favorites for this week. Nice. How about ones you don't like? Uh, Take a look here. Adrian Peterson is the most expensive guy on FanDuel this week at $9,200. I just really don't see that. Jamal Charles is more expensive on the DraftKings, but again, DraftKings is skewed just a little bit more towards, you know, receiving than mm-hmm. than uh, FanDuel is. But you know, Arian Foster, I certainly don't like him for nine thousand dollars on FanDuel, and why they most injured players is beyond me. But uh, <laughs> at least they're nice enough. Unlike with baseball, their CV, CV, I said CVS file. That's not right. CSV file. Um, when you download it, they at least tell you who's injured and who's likely to play and, and all, although I see that they still have Monte Ball listed as being a Bronco, so that's a little bit concerning. <laughs> They'll get it figured out. They'll work the kinks out. Um, but I think I definitely am staying away from C.J. Anderson. The price, the production, I'm not about it this week. Um, LaShawn McCoy makes me nervous for how much he's going to cost me. I don't think he's 100%. I don't like the matchup a ton. Uh, and Alfred Morris and Frank Gore also make me a little nervous matchup-wise and price-wise, so those are probably the ones I'd stay away from. All right, how about uh, wide receivers? Let's move on here. Um, I'm I'm very into Roddy White this week. I know Julio Jones is the, the better play for a lot of people, but if I'm putting up the money, I know Julio Jones is going to get the most looks by the Eagles' defense, and I'm really only worried about one of their corners, not both. Um, so I like him a lot this week. Uh, value-wise, I like Devontae Adams and Kendall Wright. They're only going to cost you $5,500 and $5,800, respectively. John Brown we talked about. Um, even maybe Larry Fitzgerald, he and John Brown are the same price. I like Brown a little bit better, but if you're on DraftKings, there's a pretty significant difference in price there. Um, Julio Jones, I think, honestly, could go on my love or hate list this week. I just think that he's going to get covered a lot, but the production, I just I think it is going to be a shootout, so he may put up enough numbers to overrule it. Well, it's interesting because he's the same price on FanDuel and DraftKings. He's $9,000 on both, which, mm-hmm. you know, given that you have $10,000 less to spend on your team on DraftKings, you've got a $50,000 budget and spend is 60000 just shows you how much, you know, more that they like him and also that, you know, it's recognition of the fact, I think, that their scoring system yeah. is skewed a little bit more towards wide receivers than than the FanDuel system is. But um, some guys I really like a lot this week, I like uh, A.J. Green. Even mm-hmm. though I'm picking Oakland to win that game, I think he's going to be pretty much the end-all and be-all of their passing offense this week. Uh, he's Eighty three hundred. I like uh, Keenan Allen at mm-hmm. seventy nine hundred. I like Brandon Cooks at seventy four hundred. Golden Tate seventy one hundred. Jarvis Landry sixty nine hundred. And Jordan Matthews, who's the new top dog in Philly, receiving game. I like him at sixty eight hundred. Yeah. And then if we really want to go down, like you mentioned, uh, 
Devontae Adams at 5,500. I might even plunk down some money on the Eagles rookie wide receiver Nelson Aguilar, who's uh, $5,500 in price as uh, Devontae Adams. Yeah, he's a he's a very trendy pick right now. I I'm interested to see how how that plays out. Well, as a USC fan, I hope it plays out well. But uh, <laughs> as a non-Eagle fan living in the in the den here, I'm just uh, yeah. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to live work there. Work out a little bit, but not fan. too well. Yeah, if you're a non-Eagles fan, this is not the place to to be. So. But um, how about uh, moving along, tight ends, what do you think? Um, I'm very, what a shock, I'm very into Jason Witten this week. I think that, I know you're not a big fan of him pretty much overall, but I like Jason Witten a lot. Uh, Jordan Cameron I think is going to have a very good game. Andrew Corliss and Tyler Eifert are going to be pretty good budget picks for you. Normally I'm not about the Green Bay tight ends, but someone's got to catch the ball. Right now he's the winner in the clubhouse, and when you're already down Jordan Nelson, there's a few more looks to go around. So Corliss is only going to cost you 5200 on FanDuel. Tyler Eifert out of Cincinnati is only going to cost you five grand. Um, they are good ways to still get some good points but not spend a ton of money as Jason Witten's going to cost you 5800 So there's a little bit of a difference there. All right, I'm actually going to – we'll get to our lineups hopefully you know, in the last couple minutes of the show. But um, – yeah, Jason Witten is actually the guy I picked as my tight end for the DraftKings game this week, so you'll yeah. be shocked, but I just thought he was good value there. Tight ends I like. I like Owen Daniels, um, Peyton Manning's new best friend, 5,500. Yeah. Uh, Jordan, Jordan Cameron, Ryan Tannehill's new best friend, 5,500. Uh, Kyle mm-hmm. Rudolph at 5,300, and Larry Donnell at 5,300. Those are some of the tight ends I like this week. I'm definitely staying away from Jimmy Graham. I hate the matchup. He's going to cost you $6,900. Not about it. Any of the Indy tight ends, I just am not about what's happening in Indianapolis this week, especially tight end. Um, and Travis Kelsey for six grand. this is not the week for that. Um, any of the guys I actually like are going to cost you less than, than he is, so definitely look at those first. Okay. So, all right. So let's see, we've got um got tight ends down, so why don't we move along to uh defenses? All you know, right. What what strikes your uh fancy this week defense wise? I like the Bills, the Jets, uh and Kansas City. I think the matchups are gonna work. Uh just point wise. They may not all win their games, but I think they're gonna garner enough points. Forty five, forty four and forty three hundred respectively. Um, I'm definitely staying away from the 49ers, the Buccaneers, and I'm not going with the Eagles this week. I know some people have them on their love list, but 49ers are going to cost you $4,600. I'm just not into it. The Buccaneers, 4500 That's just crazy for me. Yeah, the interesting thing is that the most expensive defense on FanDuel is only 20% or, excuse me, 25% more than the least mm-hmm. expensive <laughs> You look at other positions and the top players are fifty percent to hundred percent more than the you know, the lower tier guys. But here I would like Miami this week, the Jets and Jacksonville and I'm staying away from Seattle and Carolina and mm-hmm. San Francisco. I think they're too expensive. All right, so real quick, you got a line up for us? Yeah. And we mentioned the kicker in the lineup yeah. too, but um, mm-hmm. so my my um, FanDuel lineup for this week, I'm going to go with uh, Matthew Stafford at quarterback, Carlos Hyde and Lamar Miller as my running backs, Keenan Allen, A.J. Green, Brandon Cooks as my wide receivers, Kyle Rudolph mm-hmm. as my tight end, Brandon McManus as my kicker, and Jacksonville as my defense. On DraftKings, I'm going to go with Sam Bradford as my quarterback, Latavius Murray and T.J. Elton is my running backs. Jordan Matthews, Allen Robinson, Golden Tate is my wide receivers. Amari Cooper is a flex. Jason Witten is a tight end and Oakland defense. I'm going with Ryan Tannehill as my quarterback, Jonathan Stewart and Chris Ivory at running back, Randall Cobb, Kendall Wright, and A.J. Green at wide receiver, 
My boy Jay Witt, dog, Jason Witten at tight end, Mason Crosby is my kicker, and the Jets for my defense. That does bring us to the end of the show. Be sure to check back with us next week, 9.30 p.m. Eastern time until 10.30, as we are every week answering all your questions. We've got this new great format. Give us your feedback on it. Uh, we definitely want to hear how your lineups did, anything, any questions you guys have come Sunday, come Thursday, let us know. We're all over social media. You can find us at the number 4THN Inches Show. Uh, that's our Twitter and email handle. It's the number 4THN Inches Show at gmail.com. You can find us at the fantasyfootballsherpa.com, at the Fantasy Football Sherpa Facebook page. And, of course, you can find us at Fantasy underscore Sherpa. That's the Sherpa on Twitter, obviously, and I'm JKIM16. Again, thank you so much for listening, guys, and we'll see you next week. Good luck in all your leagues, unless, of course, you're playing us.